Parade season has begun in New York. Let's celebrate the loved heartbeat of parades and street processions. The big, bassy, two-headed drum known as the Dawul, or Tabobeledi, or Tupan, etc. By the end of this episode, you will know so much more about this great drum and how we can dance to it. This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. Let's start with a reflection and ritual that just might light up your life. Danceable Ritual Big bassy sounds like the Dawul surround us in everyday life. Trucks driving by, things being dropped, doors slamming. So even if you aren't around a Dawul often or ever, you can start to notice that deeper percussive sound that is around you throughout your day. The Dawul is a loud, portable two-headed drum that is strapped onto the front of a standing musician and is carried. Two sides of the same drum make different sounds and can be made from the skin of two different animals, like a cow on one side and a goat on the other. The difference in thickness of the skin is the key. This is important for us as dancers because these two different tones coax us to move in different ways. The thick skin side is the grounding doom side, and the thinner skin side is the letter tech side. And the thin skin higher pitch side can be played along with the melody, like it is sometimes in the Balkans, or the thin skin side can be played to add embellishments over the driving beat that's played on the lower side of the drum. I did read on Wikipedia that there are smaller versions of this two-headed drum, but let's focus on the dabuls with roughly two feet of circumference. In Turkey, it is often played with two very different mallets. One mallet is quite long and skinny for the thin skin side of the drum. It's made of a softer wood, maybe, like a willow tree. And then the other mallet is big, and it makes this big sound on the thick skin side of the drum. Sometimes there's even a bullseye painted in the middle of the thick skin side of the drum. Drummers also hit the mallets on the wooden frame sometimes, and that's another sound that the drum can make. Dawul is a Turkish word. In the Balkans, they call this drum the tupan or tapan. This drum has many names and many homes. In Arabic, this drum is also called the tabobeledi, kind of like tabla, but sounds like tabal is a little shorter. Tabobeledi means drum of the village or native or local. Beledi means native or local or village, right? This drum is ideal for outdoor events like wedding processions and other kinds of parades. There's a hint of home in this drum, like returning home to family in the countryside after living in the city. So the danceable ritual for this episode is dancing to the sound of returning home. You can try this next time you return home. But for now, imagine you are standing at your door. First, there's the softer sound of the door opening. Make an entrance. If there's someone inside your place when you open the door, dance for them. It's showtime! I mean, your home time! <laughs> Whatever. Close the door behind you with dramatic style. Start releasing what you have carried with you throughout the day. If you have keys in your hand, dance the sound of your keys going where they go. They might jingle up to a hook or make a tech down on a flat surface. Set your bag down with a hip drop on the doom. Shimmy those shoulders with your hands and shoulders free. Peel off your coat. Turning as you do and let your coat drop on the floor dramatically just for fun. Do the zip of the boot move where you gracefully bend over, squatting down a little bit, and your hands slide up the outside of your leg from your foot up, referencing where you would zip up your boot. 
Now unzip your boot and take that shoe off. Take the other shoe off to surprise and contrast by dropping it with a doom. Own that noise. Now, do some kind of travel step, a U-step, or gliding on the balls of your feet, or a three-step turn farther into your house, happy to be home again, where you are a star, where you can experiment with different dance ideas and moves and costumes until you're ready to share them with whomever you like, where you can listen to this podcast and great danceable songs and feel lighter. When you return home today, you might want to replay this part of the podcast and try this. I just did it again before recording and it's really fun. It can be a healing way to end a rough day or a celebratory way to end a great day. If you have a danceable ritual you want to share, please visit aliciafree.com, that's A-L-I-C-I-A, free, F-R-E-E, and click on the Facebook icon and post your ritual. We want to see who you are and what makes you want to dance. And if you tried one of these danceable rituals, tell us how it went. Go to aliciafree.com, click on that Facebook icon, and post. Now it's time for some music. Danceable song. Due to my confusion with fuzzy copyright laws, I am unfortunately not going to include clips of the featured songs here on the podcast unless I get permission from the artists. The featured songs will always be available on Spotify on my Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist. Marash Uchek Ayak. Marash is a city in Turkey, close to the southern border with Syria, close to the Mediterranean. Uch in Turkish means three, and Ayak means foot. I asked a Turkish friend about this song, and she said that Uch Ayak is a Halai style that is adopted in different regions of Turkey. So, Marash Uchak Ayak is the Uchak Ayak done in Marash. I guess then the translation would be just three feet, Marash, she said. She continues, not sure why it's called that. One emphasis is that it's a mixed gender dance, which is nice and progressive, and that's all I know about it. Thank you, Olive. The featured recording of this song is played by just two instruments, the davul and the zurna. Zurna and davul are best friends in Turkish music. Davul is the drum. I should mention too, davul is spelled D-A-V-U-L. And in Turkish, I believe, the V and the W are a little mushed together sometimes. It's not a davul and it's not a davul, it's a davul. I don't know. Zerna is the loud reeded instrument that looks a little like a mini clarinet with a smaller trumpet horn shape at the end. I talked about an Indian cousin of the Zerna called the Bungi in episode 10 when I was talking about dancing with Kalbelia, aka one of the gypsy casts in India. I'll feature the Zerna in a future episode because it's also an instrument that we hear in many wonderful songs that we dance to. To me, it sounds very exotic and folkloric. Back to the song Marash Uch Ayak. The rhythm is simple and generally consistent. Doom, tech, tech, doom, tech, tech, doom, tech, 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 doom, tech, tech, doom, tech, tech, doom, tech. Tech, 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 tech. Some songs, some Dawul players vary their dooms quite a bit and play songs in seven or in nine and other rhythms that we have a hard time counting at first. This song is pretty straightforward, so it's a good song to take turns improvising to as a troupe or in a class. There's something really special about this song. This song is often on albums labeled Halle, which is a region in Turkey as well as a category of folk dances from that region. It looks like it's done in circles, which to me makes it more of a community moving together and dancing for each other than a performance for people who are not dancing. This makes it a fun dance style we can use to encourage and support solo improvisation in a class or around a fire. 
A friend of mine has a dawool made out of a modified bass drum, like you would see in a typical drum kit used in rock and roll, etc. It's pretty cool. It's, it has synthetic heads, and the heads are just two different thicknesses. Dawool is also a key instrument in Lebanese and Syrian Debka songs like Ya'in Malayten, which we featured in episode two, the water episode. Check that out if you haven't already. I put another song called Dawool Zerna Hale on the Spotify playlist as well. Dawool Zerna Hale. Now you know what the whole title of that song means. Pretty cool, right? Look at you understanding some Turkish. I also wanted to add the song Uzun Inchin Bir Yoldayim to our Bali Dance Body and Soul playlist on Spotify. There's a beautiful version with Dabul, and when I used Google Translate, I saw that the title means I'm on a long, thin road. Hmm, sounds a bit sad and oppressive. Warning, a lot of Turkish music has dark lyrics, and it's good for us to find a translation to a song that we'd like to dance to before we dance to it so we have an idea of what's being said, what's being sung while we're dancing. After a little more digging, I saw some comments about the song being about the Armenian genocide. Thank you, internet contributors everywhere. Looks like Uzun Inchen Biryodayim is not a danceable song. If you see the word halay, H-A-L-A-Y, it's more likely that the song is a dance song. But again, I believe Hale is also a region in Turkey, so do your research before you pick a song to dance to. Follow my playlist, listen for free, and dancing will become even easier with hundreds of diverse belly danceable songs, all curated for you and all on one list right at your fingertips. Just click on that Spotify icon on the top of aliciafree.com and it will take you right there. Let's do some dancing. Damn sexy dance move. Earth shaking, full body shimmy. When we shimmy, we're pumping our knees, bending them in opposition. When we do with the earth shaking full body shimmy, our knees are bending in unison, like we're bouncing, and we're not isolating the shimmy to one hip or both hips. We're shaking our whole body in rhythm, and the most noticeable shimmy is in our chest and our butt. It's like the earth is shaking beneath and we are embracing the movement or we're starting our own mini innocuous earthquake with our power. Stand with good belly dance posture, feet shoulder width apart, knees soft, pelvis slightly tucked, shoulders rolled slightly back, chin and eyes raised forward. With your feet flat on the floor, start bending your knees in unison so they are bent and then less bent back in neutral position. Bent, less bent bent, less bent. Keep going so you're bouncing with your upper body straight up with great posture. Your knees are always soft, never straight and locked. Keep bending your knees in unison and rising back up to neutral, feeling that earthquake, especially in your chest and butt. Raise your arms up above your head, like, hey, this is a robbery. <laughs> but have your palms facing back. Still quaking, still bouncing. With your palms facing behind you, slide your two hands straight down toward the ground, beside your ears, past your shoulders, framing your chest and hips. Now turn your fingertips toward the ground as your hands drift below your waist and frame your hips with your hands. Does that earth-shaking full-body shimmy feel good? I remember the first time I did this in choreo, the first year I was belly dancing, and there was this doom, 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 part of the song. And that's where we did this earth-shaking full-body shimmy. So let's do it again. Good belly dance posture, standing straight up. Knees start pumping in unison, feeling that earthquake, especially in your chest and your butt. Raise your arms up over your head, palms facing behind you, still bouncing, still quaking. Hands slide straight down, framing your face, past your shoulders, framing your chest, framing your hips. And as your hands get below your hips, turn your fingertips towards the ground, 
and cup your hands just a little bit away from your hips, framing them beautifully. Keep quaking. In a lot of videos of people in Turkey doing circle dances, I saw people's hands bouncing slightly up and down in rhythm with the music. And I noticed that their bodies were doing an earth-shaking shimmy. They weren't standing apart from others. They were holding each other's hands. But that movement, that pumping in unison was happening. And it was happening in rhythm with the music. It feels good. And it's a beautiful move to add in for a surprise every once in a while in a dance. But it's a very unique dance move that feels powerful. Watching these circle dances gave me a couple ideas for choreography. So if you had a troupe of eight, for example in a line holding hands, circling the stage, you could take turns breaking from the line and the soloist comes in the middle as if there was a dawool, a drummer playing there. And when the person leaves the line, the line heals itself, meaning people rejoin hands and the line becomes continuous again while the soloist is in front. I saw videos of men doing this in the streets and thought it would look really cool on stage too. And if you're performing in the round at a festival, you could dance in a circle facing out holding hands with a W hold with your elbows bent down towards the ground and your hands up and holding hands. And the circle could have gaps in it where there are people soloing and you keep rotating with that soloist or people have their arms quite extended in the circle and the soloists are beneath the joined hands raised up in the gaps. There are a lot of ways that we can adapt these traditional circle dances so that audiences can watch them easier and enjoy them. It's fun to experiment with that. Another idea, just in dance rehearsal, if people are hesitant to stand up in front of everyone and improvise, the circle might offer more support to another dancer. So if we're dancing in this circle, the soloist steps into the middle when they're ready and dances however they like and everyone supports them by doing the same step and keeping the circle moving around them. Possibly a little bit of that earth-shaking full body shimmy, holding hands. It's a lot less of a spotlight and a lot less intense for someone if they're in the middle of a circle turning wherever they would like to turn, going in when they're ready to go in, and leaving the circle when they're ready to leave. I'll put a link to a video of this move in the show notes, and I keep adding helpful free dance videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe and the moves will keep coming. Now let's take a moment to dote on delicious whole food that makes us dancers glow. Featured light in my body food. Oats. Rolled oatmeal resembles the head of a dawool, so it seems right to feature the oat with a dawool. According to Wikipedia, the wild ancestor of oats may have come from the fertile crescent of the Middle East, where the dawool is still part of celebrations and life. Now most oats are grown in Europe and North America and Canada. It's interesting to think about how climates, crops, and cultural preferences for food shift over time. Oats, the actual plant, is like little downward-facing flowers with greens in place of petals. And like every grain, there's a spectrum of food products ranging from very whole to very processed. First, the husks are removed and the oat groats are cut in different ways and sizes and even ground into flour. Steel-cut oats have the most nutrients and in my opinion are the most delicious. But they take 20 minutes to 30 minutes to cook and therefore it takes some creativity to work them into a busy morning. The fiber in oats is the main magic, along with the protein, antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals. Steel-cut oats have the best glycemic index. Their natural sugars take a while to be absorbed into our blood, and that's really ideal. The more oats are broken down, the easier it is for our bodies to absorb the sugar fast, and then we don't get the same benefit from them. It's kind of like shotgunning a beer as opposed to sipping a beer for an hour. When the sugar is wrapped up in the fiber, it's much better for us. 
Then there are stone ground oats, which are cut a little smaller and cook a little faster. Then rolled oats are steamed, toasted, and flattened before they're packaged. So they're kind of pre-cooked. This increase in processing decreases cooking time to as little as five minutes. Quick oats are rolled even thinner and cook even faster. And then there are instant oats, which come in little packets, and they're often already combined with apple, cinnamon, or maple, or whatever ingredients. So you just add hot water and eat it. These are the most processed form of oatmeal. Oatmeal is like a blank canvas. Another opportunity for kitchen art and alchemy. If my family didn't eat a lot of vegetables for dinner the night before, maybe we were out and something silly happened, I add vegetables and mushrooms and miso to the oatmeal and make it savory in the morning. So we've had a vegetable meal taken care of. At hotel breakfast buffets, I add vegetables if they have them and vegan beans to the oatmeal. Sometimes they have vegetables for that omelet bar and I can get them to just cook the vegetables and I can put it in the oatmeal. And sometimes they have baked beans to go with, I don't know, sausage, right? I don't know. What do people eat baked beans with in the morning? I'll add those to the oatmeal too if they don't have any animal fat, etc. So oatmeal doesn't have to be a sweet dish. If our family hasn't gotten a lot of sunlight, I add drops of vitamin D. Sometimes I add B12. I add ground flax that I always keep in the freezer. I drizzle tahini or raw or toasted nuts and seeds on to add healthy fats. Apples go in. Pears that are still good that are no longer firm, but they're perfect to cook with. When I use frozen berries or cherries, I add them a couple minutes before the oatmeal is done cooking. In the fall, cinnamon and molasses are so nice. There's so much room for creativity with oatmeal. Another important thing about oatmeal is it's not a dry, crunchy thing. A lot of cereals are dry and crunchy. And there's only so much dry, crunchy food that we want to consume over the course of the day. So there are a lot of choices here. I bet there are microwave tricks and soaking tricks that cut down prep time for steel cut oats, which are the most whole form of oats and the stone ground oats. If you have any tricks for speeding up the cooking process for any whole food, including oats, please post it on the A Little Lighter Facebook group page. I'd love to see that page become a discussion space where you can get great ideas, but I can't do it all by myself. I need you to go there. It's easy. You're probably on Facebook all the time. Join the group and get in the conversation, contribute there. And if I see something great on there, I'm definitely going to talk about it on the show and give you a shout out. Back to oats. Oats have this natural sweetness. You can smell the sweetness in soap made with oats. You can taste it even in unsweetened oat milk. Okay, oat milk, fairly processed because the oats are blended with the water and then the fiber is drained out. Sometimes the producers add vitamins and minerals and then the ingredient list gets really long. Oat milk is still a great alternative to dairy milk. When a grain is ground into flour, it loses something. Just like a nut or a seed, the energy is kept in this amazing little package until it's opened or cooked. When it's opened, the nutritional value or the life force, if you want to think of it, it changes. So ground up oats make their way into a lot of processed food, packaged cookies, bread with all kinds of funky ingredients that are not needed to make bread. They give it a long shelf life and make it cheaper to produce, but they really don't belong in there. Like milk products and enriched flour, which is stripped of nutrients and then combined with riboflavin and reduced iron and things like that, which is straight up food science, bread doesn't have to be that way. And then for you gluten-free folks, there are gluten-free oats. It's not that oats contain gluten, it's that they are processed on equipment that other grains are processed on, which do contain gluten. So there's the old cross-contamination trick. There is a range of gluten sensitivity that people just figure out. A lot of gluten-free people can eat gluten-free oats, some can't. So it's great that a lot of people can. Long live oatmeal! Let's play dress up. Make you shine, costume tip. There's a strap on a dawool 
So why not feature a tip about another kind of strap? Belly dance bra straps. My fellow belly dancer friend Farha, who I love to meet up with and drink wine and watch old belly dance movies and play with her costumes. She has a great page on her website, farhabellydance.com, with a whole bunch of costume tips. Just like Maheen's website, bellydancequickies.com, that we talked about in episode 16, Farha made her website as a resource for her students. Instead of the halter strap that just goes behind your neck, where your neck is supporting the weight of your breasts, you can do this different strap situation where you cross the straps in the back they make an x between your shoulders and you get more support and it's more comfortable these are farha's words from the website if you are making your own costume or if the straps are long enough i highly recommend crossing the straps in the back you get a good lift out of it and the bra will usually stay up in place if a hook were to pop open and it's super comfortable she continues the next best thing is t-straps which i believe means there are two almost parallel lines going down your back on either side of your spine so she's talking about connecting that halter loop that would be behind your neck, connecting it down to your strap that goes along the middle of your back. Cover it with a nice trim and then attach, tucking a few extra inches into the lining. So the bra can be adjusted if you decide to sell it. Ooh, very good idea. So when you're making a costume, modifying a costume, if you can add a little bit of fabric and have it still hidden and comfortable, it will allow more flexibility to the next person who has that costume if you like to trade and sell costumes. Such a smart cookie, that Farha. Thank you for sharing your costume tip with us. If you have a costume tip to share, please send it my way via Facebook or an email through my site. As Will Durant said, we are what we repeatedly do. So, let us repeatedly do what the divinely lovely do. Feel good. Look goddess habit. Listen for the doom. The doom is the heartbeat of the song. If you can get that doom and understand where the doom is falling, you're going to get the song at a much deeper level and you're going to look better when you dance to it. The embellishments change, rhythms do shift throughout a song, but it's really that bass, that doom that you want to be stepping on. When you step forward, you're stepping on the doom. When you're dropping, you're dropping on the doom. Whatever song you're dancing to or listening to, practice seeking the doom. Just in case you need a little review, doom is the loudest sound coming from a doom back when the pads of your fingers hit the almost middle of the drum pull the sound out and the teka is usually ring fingers hitting just near the rim of the drum and different parts of the drum so the doom is the dominant sound that you want to be listening for and also aware of when you dance goddesses are aware of their heartbeat and the heartbeat of a song if you have a feel good look goddess habit to share please send it my way Let's get real. Saint of Truth. The A Little Lighter Facebook group page needs help. I love making these podcasts for you. And let's be honest, it takes a lot of hours to create them. This very show I recorded and lost the recording and had to re-record in some random house that's empty so I don't wake up my son in the morning. But it's totally worth it. And I want you to get even more out of this podcast. There is a place for you to share ideas inspired by this podcast, a place for you to challenge parts of this podcast that you disagree with, or just share whatever you want related to belly dance and food and feeling a little lighter. It's the A Little Lighter Facebook group page, which I do not post on enough. Help! This is the part I'm struggling with. If you have any suggestions for me, please post on that group page. It's linked to from my site, aliciafree.com. I will give shout outs. I will praise people who help. Melody and Damaris have been amazing voices on that page and contributors to that Facebook group page. Thank you, Melody and Damaris. So I made my confession. 
what's my action step? Okay, okay. I'm going to schedule reminders on my phone for two posts a week on that Facebook group page and get in the habit of just posting on there. Could be stuff related to this podcast or other things I think you'd be interested in or when I just want to know what you're thinking so that I can serve you better, give you more of what you want. So please forgive me for my lack of attention to the little lighter Facebook group page. I want to see you on there. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on aliciafree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter.